I'm here. We're we're playing very very well, and yeah, I don't know where that report came from, but um, I'm excited to be here, and we're, we're playing well, and we're continuing to get better. We are here to fuel your Rockets news. This is a Rockets Field podcast presented by Clutch Fans. I am one of your hosts, Lashar Binkley. Of course, you can always find me on Twitter at Binkley Hoops. Uh, you can also find my written work at SB Nation or The Dream Shake. We are here post uh, Christmas. Hopefully, everybody had a great holiday. Um, continue to have a great holiday into the New Year's. Uh, happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Uh, we appreciate you jumping back on and joining us today. On a show that we weren't initially going to have until some um, a Woj bomb broke like yesterday during Christmas, like the one day you didn't expect a Woj bomb to drop, but it definitely did drop yesterday. And before we get into all that, though, I want to give my uh, co-host a chance to introduce himself. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Vader. You can find me on Twitter at Vader. Also, uh, Instagram and TikTok uh, for your Houston Rockets, uh, Astros, and Texans-related news. So first off, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Vader. Uh, I'm glad you're jumping back on. We Thank can you, talk sir. a Thank little bit about me. the uh, breaking news that happened yesterday, which was the James Harden news that came out of nowhere. I mean, we've kind of heard some things talked about <clears throat> how some people were kind of piecing it together that Harden may be interested in coming back. I think a lot of people already kind of figured that anyway because we all know Harden is always still in Houston. Any chance he comes back to Houston to play the Rockets, he's hanging out, you know, different Houston spots. He's doing his Houston charities. I mean, he still has a home here. So that's not a huge surprise, but just way it broke on Christmas. And I, I want to read it exactly how Woj presented it yesterday. Um, so basically, Woj said that James Harden is seriously considering a return to Houston this upcoming offseason because he has, even though he did sign a contract extension, he has a, a, a way he can opt out after this year and become a free agent. So Woj basically said that, that James Harden is considering coming back to Houston because of, you know, the ties he still has in Houston, the lifestyle, um, kind of the way he was able to, I mean, let's be honest, he was almost running the team along with Daryl Moore at the time when he was here in Houston. And I guess the grass on the, it's not always greener on the other side kind of thing. It's kind of coming into play here because we all know that he's on his second team since leaving Houston and he may be getting a little bit homesick. So what we're going to do today is we're going to actually talk about the pros and cons of James Harden coming back to the particular Houston team. We'll talk a little bit about the Rockets upcoming game with the Bulls tonight. Um, but the main focus is going to be on James Harden and how he would fit with certain players on this Rockets team and what, you know, like I said, the pros and cons of him coming back uh, to Houston next year. So, Vader, I want to give you a chance to kind of start off with your pros um, before I give mine's um, of good reasons why, uh, if Harden does come back, how that would benefit the Rockets overall. You have you made me laugh a little bit in in, in my head when you said uh, the lifestyle because I saw like <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw t- <laughs> I saw somebody post yesterday like uh, certain uh, 
uh, nightclub establishments when they found out that Harden was coming back, they were excited. So very merry Christmas uh, for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, early Christmas presents. So like, I was like, come on home, James. Like they don't love you out there in the streets like we do. Um, yeah, he left. You know, prodigal son type situation. He, you know, he went to the Nets. He went to the Seventy uh, Sixers. But at the same time, like Houston is always going to be home for James Harden. I think this is where he established himself. This is where he became James Harden. He 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 got out out of uh, Kevin Durant's shadow, Russell Westbrook's shadow, and he established himself as one of the best players to ever do it. Right. So I was not initially uh, a fan of the idea of James Harden coming back, and I'm I'm gonna say like probably last year when people were talking about it. I said, oh, this is a pipe dream. This is not realistic. Why would he come back here? Um, but now that I'm like, I, I, I've watched like probably half of the games that he's played this year. And I told people, <clears throat> uh, some of my good friends, they were like, man, James Harden is washed up. Like, look at what he's doing. And I would always go back to the fact that like, look at Chris Paul. Chris Paul yeah. had a um, similar hamstring injury. And then after the hamstring injury, he didn't look like Chris Paul. And that's the, you know, we, we saw it firsthand here in Houston, um, which is which is probably what led up to him ending up um, being traded because uh, the, the year after we had that really great year when we pushed the Golden State Warriors that had Kevin Durant, you know, one of the greatest teams ever assembled, I mean, arguably. And, you know, that version of Chris Paul was amazing. The Chris Paul that we got the following year after the hamstring injury um, couldn't beat Kev- Kevin Looney off the dribble. Um, <laughs> yes. He looked cooked in the playoffs. He looked like, you know, I, I think, um, you know, as, as, as if you believe the rumors, uh, Tillman Fertitta had, had come out and said that that was probably one of the worst contracts in the NBA, if not the worst contract in the NBA. So yeah. initially when the when the Russell Westbrook trade took place, I wasn't completely against the Russell Westbrook trade. That's not a popular opinion, but like, you know, I, I felt like James Harden needed a, you know, another, a 1B, another sidekick who could actually go out there and get it done. Yeah. And, you know, you know, revisionist history, Chris Paul, like went vegan, he rehabbed himself, he came back, you know, he he looked like the Chris Paul. I won't say the Chris Paul of old, I think that would be an exaggeration, but he elevated a Phoenix Suns team. Well, actually, initially he elevated an Oklahoma OKC. City. OKC, yeah. Uh, he Oklahoma, uh, elevated an OKC team to the playoffs, and then he eventually went to the Phoenix Suns, and he looked good. So, like, this this James Harden situation last year when he was looking kind of like uh, – he was looking kind of washed. And so over the offseason, I think me and some of my friends, we had some dialogue about is he is he done? And I said, well, one thing I do know is uh, looking at the Chris Paul situation <clears> – <throat> He didn't have an opportunity to really work out over the summer. And we've seen what James Harden looks like when he works out over summer. He comes back and he looks like a completely different player. He looks yeah. he looks amazing. And so I'm like, one thing I one thing I do know about James Harden is he does not like to be uh made fun of. He does not like to be the bun of, you know, bun of jokes. He doesn't like to yeah. be Yeah, so like Remember that? You remember that year? Somebody had put together that that defensive, uh, that defensive YouTube. video. Yeah, we, <laughs> yes. we haven't even talked about this. You 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 right you right there with me. Uh, people yeah. put together that defense video, and it it was horrible. It was actually awful. He looked terrible yeah. on defense. But what did he do the next year? He came back and he was locked in. Uh, he you know his his body was right, and he actually defended that year, and and he had a great a great season. So I was always telling people, I'm like, if James Harden can work out this off season. He's, he he may not uh, look like the James Harden of old just because of age, but he's not going to be the player that we saw last year. Um, 
you know, that was half half of the year with Brooklyn and half of the year with Phoenix. And now we yeah. see this year, like James Harden is out here and he is, um, you know, to in some capacity, he does look like a player who is he's he's still a top. You know, I don't know where you want to rank him. I don't I don't think we want to go through all the players, but he's definitely a top 20 player as yeah, far as impact. I'm, I'm looking at his stats. He's averaging 21.8 points, 6.4 rebounds, 11.1 assists. He has a 58.9 true shooting percentage. Like, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want that on the team? And I'm thinking, like, um, I saw a lot of people who who were saying, like, bringing James Harden back is the wrong move. Um, a lot of the stuff that we criticize the Rockets about right now would be solved by bringing in a true point guard like James Harden because – we we talk we complain about the offense being stagnant. We complain about <clears throat> guys not getting shots. We complain about guys not being you know in the right places. Well, I'm gonna tell you something right now. James Harden is not the 34 point per game James Harden that that we saw when he left here. You know yeah. he's 22 points a game. He's actually playing point guard now. He's not he's not um, looking to score 50 points and 60 points in a game. He's actually like come to peace with the fact that like hey. I'm not going to go out here and kill myself trying to put up 60 points so we can win. I want to empower these guys around me to, to, to like score, score a bucket. So we've seen what he's looked like here when he's had lesser talent. We he's, he's played with like Tariq, you know, no disrespect, but I'm a name name Tariq Black, uh, Joey Dorsey's. Um, yeah. This goes like, I can go on and on. We have talent. We don't have, and no, this like no disrespect to Kevin Porter Jr. because that's not his natural position. He's a, he's a, he's a bucket getter. We don't have a guy who can really set guys up and who has the experience and the, and the know how and the just the, the intuition that James Harden has. I think he automatically comes in and he is a difference maker on this team. And Jabbar, a guy like Jabari Smith Jr. who um, who needs guys to you know kind of get him in the right spots and set him up. Like suddenly he 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 he's been looking really really good lately, but I think a guy like James Harden makes him makes him look great. It makes us be like, oh, that's why he was a guy who was talked about as being the first pick in the draft. Uh, one thing one thing that I posted on Twitter, I'm gonna let you hop in. One thing I posted on Twitter uh, last night was um, Devin Booker's rookie season. Uh, the Phoenix Suns won 23 games over yeah. over the course of five years they averaged 24.2 wins per game over those five seasons. The year that Chris Paul went to the team, they uh, they won 51 games, and then they won 64 yeah. games the following year or something like that, 60-something 60, games, whatever. But um, I think adding a true point guard to this mix, I think it automatically just kind of elevates the play on the team. Yeah. And as far as my pros, this is kind of go two ways. So – if we get the Harden that we're seeing now, if the Rockets get the Harden we're seeing now, then I won't say it's a no-brainer because giving somebody $40 million is never a no-brainer. <laughs> but giving, giving somebody that can set up teammates, like I know most of us watching the game yesterday. I mean, he was legitimately setting up Embiid on roles. He was setting up guys like Tobias Harris. Um, DeAnthony Melton were getting real easy shots because James Harden was setting them up. If we get that James Harden uh, fully committed to getting his teammates involved, James Harden, to where he doesn't feel like he needs to dribble 40 times to, to get off a, his own shot and then maybe occasionally pass it. Not that he wasn't passing before, but that wasn't his main focus. Even though he was getting assists, it was really he was getting a lot of these assists cause, just because of the attention he drew. But 
he actually looks to come down and set up plays and run plays for guys to get play, players involved. And it's something that actually going to kind of go in my cons thing as well. So it all just kind of depends on what James Harden you get. If you're going to get the James Harden we're seeing now, the James Harden really kind of you saw in the last you know year and a half or whatever, then it's only going to be a benefit for players like Jabari Smith, players like Jalen Green, where it gets kind of gets, gets kind of a uh, tricky situation is when you start talking about players like uh, Alperin Shangoon, um, as far as how is he going to fit with a player like James Harden or um, a player like a Kevin Porter Jr. How exactly that's going to work. But as far as your two main guys, Jabari Smith and Jalen Green, it's only going to benefit those two Elevate. players. If it, Yeah, if you're going to get the James Harden you're getting right now. Um, as far as him wanting to come back and kind of build with the young players, that's going to be the tricky thing because we kind of saw what happened before and maybe he's completely changed his mind as far as, you know, being able to play with guys that he knows are already ready to win a championship because even if the Rockets get Wimbiyama next year, the Rockets aren't going to just be automatically, hey, we're a championship contender because we got Wimbiyama. I mean, not if you're just going to – even if you're just adding James Harden, Will they be a playoff team? They better be a playoff team if they add James Harden and Wimbiyama because if they're not, it's something definitely going horribly wrong. But as far as a championship contender, we know the NBA doesn't work that way. I mean, you can't just bring in extremely young guys and then have a player like Harden who, I mean, Harden is still great, but we know this is not James Harden with the Rockets, uh, Harden. So we know that he's still going to need really good to great players around him as well. So, it's a real chick, tricky situation as far as um, what James Harden you're getting. If you're getting the James Harden you're getting now, then yeah, it's almost like a no brainer. If he's, if, if he sits down with Fertitta and Stone and Silas and they have a conversation like, okay, what do you want from this team Harden? Or what do you, what do you plan on doing to help us? Because yeah, if he came in and said, well, you know, I'm still going to be the same James Harden I've always been in the past where, you know, I'm going to get my shots up regardless, then, yeah, it makes sense. I don't sense think he's that back. guy anymore. I don't yeah. think he's that guy anymore, LaShar. Like, just watching him play, like, even last year, uh, Joel, Joel B had made a comment that he wanted him to, like, shoot more and be Houston Harden. And and yeah. Harden was basically like, I'm not that dude anymore. But, like, but let me ask you, let me ask you a quick, quick question on that, though. Is it because, is Harden that way now because he is playing with superstars? Will he be that way when he's playing with guys that are, even next year are going to be 21, 22 years old? And in Jabari Smith's case, 20, who still aren't going to be anywhere near a Joel Embiid or a Kevin Durant or a Kyrie Irving. Is he willing to still be the James Harden he is right now if he's not playing with another superstar? That's an excellent question. So, like, I think last year it had something to do with he knew he didn't have the birth, right? Yeah. He, he, he knew that he was not, like, he wasn't beating guys off the dribble like he normally did. This year he looks a lot better, right? Because he was yeah. able to get that offseason to work. Um, but I think his mindset is like changed. And I, I, I honestly do think that he will come in here and um I think he like I hate to go keep going back to the Suns model and the thing and, and the Chris Paul thing, but I think that he will be like a supercharged version of Chris Paul because I think that he is better than Chris Paul right now. Um, yeah. A lot of people probably, you know, some, a lot of people might disagree, but I, I just think as far as like what he does on the floor, um, as far as scoring, getting rebounds, getting, getting, getting um, assists, like he's just, he's better than Chris Paul right now. Like I know people don't like Harden and they don't want to hear that, but he comes into this situation. Yeah. He's still going to shoot enough to get 20 points, 
but I don't think he's trying. He's he's not actively out on the floor trying to get a forty point game and a fifty point game anymore. So I do think that if if like you said, if he sits down with Tillman Fertitta and the coach, if it's Silas, whoever it is, and they everybody's on the same page and they're like, hey, we want you to uh, we want you to get your twenty, your eighteen to twenty, but we want you to facilitate the offense, help Jalen Green become the starter that we know he can be, help Jabari Smith Jr. become the star he can be, like. God forgive, God forbid we get uh uh Victor Wimbanyama because yeah. like then my then my Phoenix Suns uh propaganda is really is really going crazy <laughs> because you have you know Jalen Green playing the role of Devin Booker, you have J- James Harden playing the role of uh Chris Paul, you have Jabari Smith playing the role of Mikael Bridges, but even think, better. Yeah. You're right. And then you have Victor Wimbanyama <clears throat> playing the role of, of Aiden, but even better, right? Potentially. So yeah, like next year it wouldn't happen because all those guys still have a lot of growth to do. Like Frank was talking to me last night on, on Twitter about, you know, yeah, like this could potentially work, but it'll be probably down the road because these guys still have to learn how to win. But like, you know, you know, a couple a couple years from now, three years from now, you might have the makings of something really special if those guys are developing to the players that we think they can be. But you do need veterans on the team. So if you look at free agency, who are, who are the veterans that are better than James Harden that you can bring in that are going to actually make a difference on this it's, team? It's none on the free agent market next year, no. Yeah, so, like, I think a lot of people, like, if you don't want James Harden here, I think part of it may be because you didn't like the way he left. You didn't like which the way fair. That he, yeah. Which is fair. You didn't like the way that he forced himself out of Houston and you're completely done with him, and I understand that. You maybe are thinking that James Harden is still playing the same kind of – um, super ball dominant, heliocentric thing that he was doing before. And yeah, he's still pretty ball dominant, but he's ball dominant because, but he's trying to, he's looking to actively get other guys shots. It's yeah. not that, it's not like what we saw here before. And and let's be honest, like that almost worked. <laughs> when he was out yeah. here dropping like, you know, averaging 34 and 36 points a game and all that kind of stuff, like it almost worked. Uh, we, you know, we were a uh, Chris Paul hamstring injury away. You know, we bought, we rehashed that time and time again. So, you know, like when people act like, um, like James Harden didn't work here, like, come on, like he, he drug teams to the playoffs that were not playoff teams. Like teams were, Jeremy Lin, like, Chandler Parsons. On, 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 I, I, I um, oh God, Stone like, hands, yes. like, like if you, if you just look, if you, if you take age out of the equation and you just look at the rosters that he went to the playoffs with, just from a talent perspective, um, I would say that this team is is at least at least equally as talented, and you know they're yeah. not as experienced. But like as far as like if you just go player for player, as far as talented when you know talent wise, and you know you're looking at like the guys that we were playing, and he, he was making guys look like NBA players who like were out of the league. <laughs> they were like completely yeah. out of the NBA. Like a, like I thought Ter- like he lied to me. I thought Terrence Jones was gonna be like you know, like a borderline all-star player because that's what he looked like yeah. at times next to, next to James Harden. Uh, Demo, Demo looked amazing next to next to Harden. And like I, and I mentioned before, like he had Tyree Black and Joey Dorsey at times looking like legitimate, like rotational pieces in the NBA. So like you can't discount when you have a, um, when you have a all-time great player on your team who is a, who was a floor raiser like James Harden, like you bring him into this mix, if he comes in with the right attitude and he comes in at the right price, 
I think you have to do it. Like, I, I just can't think of why you would not bring him in, especially when he, he brings a lot of things that we need right now. So that kind of leads me into my next point. <clears throat> the only reason why you probably wouldn't bring him in, which, like I said, will get kind of tricky. I mean, <clears throat> as far as Shangoon, that, that doesn't really factor in whether you were bringing Harden or not, because if you're bringing Harden, then – Every, the other things have to fit around Harden. Like you have to figure out something. You either going to figure out a way where Shane Goon's going to come off the bench or whatever the case is. You're not going to not take in Harden because of maybe Shane Goon doesn't fit with him. But what do you do if you get a Scoot Henderson? Then mm-hmm. do you try to work around a Scoot Henderson? And I even seen some people say maybe he Scoot Henderson comes off the bench his first year, which that would be <laughs> that would be a, that would be a hard sell at least for me because I mean. Yeah, we haven't seen Scoot Henderson in the NBA. We haven't seen what he can and can't do. But if you're bringing in a Scoot Henderson, you're not bringing him in, in to play 20 minutes a game coming off the bench being a six-man, even with a James Harden. So that's when the situation becomes a little bit more tricky. Um, the Kevin Porter Jr. stuff, I think, is a more clear path than Shane Goon. You can find ways for, to have Kevin Porter Jr. and James right, Harden he can play on ball, the court. So. Exactly. He can play off ball, something they actually <laughs> did. Um, last game against the Mavericks where we saw Jalen Green taking more of the ball handling thing. And guess what? That's when the Rockets got back in the game when Kevin Porter Jr. was actually That's in the what corners. We've, been, we've been saying that, yeah. LeChard. <laughs> like, we've been trying to say Kevin it for Porter, like months. Kevin Porter Jr. is better off ball than Jalen Green. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's, a be- Green he's a better shooter than Jalen Green. We've seen this all year. I mean, he's a better shooter. He's uh, off ball. He's, he's better at cuts. He's better off coming off screens. He's a better off ball player. So, um, not to get too far off in a tangent, but yeah, he we saw last game when they actually put Kevin Ward Jr. off the ball, um, and Jalen Green was the one handling the ball. That's when the Rockets made that big run against the Mavericks. So Kevin Porter Jr. won't be a problem if they bring in James Harden. It's so many different avenues you can have Kevin Porter Jr. with James Harden. Yeah, I don't like that Harden. argument when people bring up Kevin Porter Jr. Well, you wanted him to be the point guard. Why would you bring in James Harden? Like. Come on, well, man. We want him to be the point guard, but it's not a better option. <laughs> right. He's the as currently constructed, but you bring yes. James Harden in, and KPJ can play three positions. So, yeah. you know, he he was a small forward his rookie year, and people don't want to hear that, but, like, that's what he played. He was a small yeah. forward for Cleveland. But but the only, the only thing I'll be hesitant if me personally, if you can get Scoot Henderson, you get Scoot Henderson. I mean, if you yes, get Scoot I'll, Henderson, then I'm a little hesitant. Like, I hate to say it, but yeah. at that point, I'm a little hesitant. Then I'm like, you probably bring in a backup. Um, you probably bring point in guard. a backup veteran point guard. You don't yeah. bring in a starting veteran point guard. You want to bring in a guy who can who can um, Mike mentor. Conley or somebody. Yeah, you want to bring in a guy who can mentor Scoot and teach him, like, the little intricacies of the game, like the stuff that he, like, he doesn't know already because he's yeah. immensely uh, gifted physically and, like, his talent is through the roof. Like, some of the stuff he does – like people, people say he's like a Derrick Rose, Chris Paul hybrid, and like if if that's if that's what he is, that's kind of scary, <laughs> right? That's a scary, yeah. that's a scary thing, you know, as far as like what kind of player he is. So no, I don't want that guy on the bench coming off the bench, because no. uh, Harden is gonna like if you do bring Harden back, it's not a one year thing. It's gonna be two, three years at least. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like I, I think Harden at that point is not a fit. Um, if you bring in uh, Amon Thompson in, uh, it still could potentially fit. Uh, because yeah. because he's six seven and he's two hundred pounds and and still growing so like you, yeah. there's but like if if you do draft Scoot I think that is the one draft pick where um, it kind of makes uh, James Harden like a, a, a guy you don't want to bring in but if you bring Wimby in if you get the first pick in the draft and you draft Wimby I think 
you you automatically bringing in Harden weaponizes everybody on this team because his yeah. court vision, like LeBron James, um, is probably the best player in the NBA that we've seen in this in this generation of players as far oh, as yeah, um, absolutely yeah. right, right. But after that, you could argue arguably say that it's James Harden. After that, right? Last so, ten years, yeah, yeah. So like James Harden is going to make Wimby better. He's going to make Jalen Green better. He's going to make Kevin Porter Jr. better. So, yeah, like, uh, if it, it, other than just, like, personal reasons, as far as, like like I said, if, if you hate the way he left Houston, understandably so. If you hate the way that he dominated the ball when he was here and you thought it was ugly offense, I understand it. But I also would – I will also challenge you to go and look at some of the rosters that he played on and who, who else did you want to handle the ball other than him. Um, yeah. And – you know, other than the year Chris Paul was here. And then I will also say, um, as far as him handling the ball as much, like it, it worked. Like we had, we had one of the best offenses in the NBA year after year. So it, it, maybe you thought it was ugly, but if it's ugly and effective, I mean, it does not take away from the fact that it's effective. Yeah. And actually I played a, I played a clip right before uh, we jumped on what Harden was saying yesterday about, he doesn't know anything about the rumors, which, I mean, it's kind of classic, you know, I know, but I don't know where the rumor came from. So, I mean, that I don't really take too much from that. But it is kind of – you do have to look at it. Um, he would seriously consider returning to Houston if he left Philadelphia. If he left Philadelphia. And let's say Philadelphia gets all the way to the, I don't know, conference championship finals, and they lose a tough finals series to whoever, you know, Golden State again, God forbid, or or Memphis, or or whoever it is. I I would still find it hard for believe that he would leave Philadelphia and not give it one more chance if they make progress this year. Now, if they get knocked right. out in the first round, yeah. or even the second round again, then maybe he's like, okay, I've tried to get a ring other places, it's not working. I'm not extremely happy being in these other cities, on, so home, you James. know what, I'm gonna go ahead and come on. But if they if the Philadelphia gets to and and Embiid is dominating and they get to the conference championship and lose seven games to Boston or they get to the finals. I don't know. I would find it hard for him to come back next year. Now, maybe that following year, regardless of what happened, maybe come back. So I don't think it's some foregone conclusion that he's just automatically going to leave. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Houston. Yeah. It, it really going to depend because a lot can we know a lot can change in the next several months. I mean, my God, we probably should have led with that because this is yeah. this is this is, you know, Woj dropped the bomb, the Woj bomb yesterday. And it kind of like yeah. it sparked this huge debate. And like, realistically speaking, like, I, I don't know what the you know, I don't know how you know how how like realistic this is as far as you know james harden actually coming back to houston but it's fun to think yeah. about this is it's a fun thing piece and yeah. you know we're going to talk about it because like Woj, you know Woj is a re- respectable you know source and he's usually a reliable source except for you know like the around the nba dra- the draft <laughs> when he when he said um paulo bancaro was definitely falling in three and you yeah. know but other than that like i think Woj has been you know, pretty reliable as far as information. So, like when Woj, Woj or Sham say something, you take note. And so, yeah, he talked he, to he somebody heard, he heard in his inner circle. Right. Yeah, he, he heard that from somebody who he felt was a reliable source. So, you know, that's why we're talking about that. Yeah. Now, if some, you know, usually some of the people will say, "Oh, so and so sources say." I mean, a lot of times they're talking to maybe some random person that not, you know, not to say that everybody on the, on the staff is important because I know everybody on on NBA staffs are important. But it's a it's a little bit different talking to uh, the GM 
as one of your sources and then talking to maybe the equipment manager that maybe heard from somebody's friend that heard from somebody else. And that's a lot of time where you hear from a lot of these other people when they talk about sources, I always find it funny. Like anybody can just say a source like they heard from the concession stand manager that he heard overheard when he was walking down through the tunnel. I mean, so yeah, Woj talked to somebody in Harden's inner circle. Now, whether they were putting this out um, just as a filler, just to see what the reaction would be, we know that happens a lot of time. More than likely, it probably wasn't directly from James Harden. Heck, it could have been from his his mother's burner account. I mean, who knows? So, <laughs> I mean, at the end and of like the day, you said, though, like you said, though, like if they if they go into the playoffs this year and they make noise yeah. and they get to like the conference finals and just barely lose, like he's going back. He's going back to yeah. Philly. He ain't coming yeah. here because, in his mind, they're a piece away at that point. And so, exactly. the onus will be on like Daryl Morey to add that last piece. Um, because you, you, they, they're still playing without Tyrese Maxey right now, and they're actually starting to click. And he's, yeah. I mean, he's a borderline all-star caliber player, and he's not even in the lineup right now. And, and real quick on that, that's going to be interesting when it comes back because that's going to kind of give you a glimpse into how he would react with a with a Jalen Green. Is he sharing the ball with Maxey? Are they able to work together? Now, Jalen Green and Maxey aren't exactly the same type of players, but they're. I mean, Maxie is a real, like you said, Maxie is a borderline star mm-hmm. already. We saw that last year. So mm-hmm. as far as their trajectory and as far as how they're going to play on the court, it's going to be a kind of a real good insight to see how James Harden played with Maxie or maybe they they were talking about maybe even bringing Maxie off the bench. But as far as whether they are able to coexist together and whether Harden, you know, it's one thing to give Joel Embiid the ball. I mean, he's an inside force. It's another thing to share the ball with another backcourt mate. So that that, jo- that that Joel Embiid James yeah. Harden pick and roll is crazy. I don't know how you stop that. <laughs> like, you, like I cha- like anybody watching this, I challenge you to go look at some James Harden Joel Embiid pick and rolls, and you tell me how you defend that because like lead to open, I guess. Man, like <laughs> they could liter- literally just spam that play and probably get a good shot out of that play like every yeah. single position. Yeah, not the not the same exact shots. But they would they would eventually get like a good shot out of that possession just by running the pick and roll with those two guys. So yeah, before we uh, wrap up the show, I wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on tonight's game and what do you want to see from the Rockets uh, playing the Bulls tonight in Chicago? Honestly, uh, I just want them to build on uh, what they what they did last game against the Mavericks because you saw like a first half where they looked kind of disjointed and the offense looked kind of shaky. Um, and then second half, they look they look pretty they look pretty good at times. Um, obviously, stopping Luca was a was a challenge, but like I've seen Luca go into playoff series against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and, and be unstoppable. So like people who are like pointing to uh, the fact that we couldn't shut down Luca, like I think you really need to look at who Luca is. Like Luca is yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like ima- imagine if imagine if Luca actually got into like peak physical condition. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I don't even want to think about that. Like, hopefully he just keeps continues to do whatever he's doing. I don't want the Dallas Mavericks to win because I'm a hater. I'm a Houston fan. I don't want any Dallas team to win anything, but that's just me. Um, as, as far as uh, also like Jabari, did you see um, some of those passes he made last game? Yeah. Uh, like, he was actually like making like passes off of the dribble, like creative passes. Like, uh, one of them he anticipated uh, the guy coming open before the guy even got open. And like those are some things that I just did not know that was in his bag. I didn't know that was within the realm of his abilities, and so that like really made me excited. Along with the fact that he dropped twenty a career high twenty four points, ten, yep. 10 rebounds, um, and he's doing he did it in a way where it wasn't just like I always thought um, 
this year, at least, like if he ever scored that many points, that it would be primarily on three pointers, right? Yeah. Um, I thought he would like go like you know knock down six or seven three pointers to get twenty four points. But he was scoring in the paint. He was driving to the basket. Um, I think we're seeing Jabari like develop right before our eyes. He showed some leadership. He showed uh, like he could get to his mid range when he wanted to. Like when he dribbles up the court and he just pulls and he just pulls up. Like that is a really good shot for him. Like, I, and it's unguardable. Like we've seen, uh, we've seen guys come out and try to like block that shot. And I, I think that like the way him being six ten, six eleven, and also having a high release point, I, I, I honestly think that like once he perfects that shot, like that is going to be like his go to. And us as us as Rockets fans, we've seen what it looks like when a guy of his height uh, can get to that part of the floor and just can and just like bludgeon you to death with, with mid-range shots when we play LaMarcus Aldridge when he was with the Portland Trailblazers that that playoff series where he was just kept are you still there where he just continuously dropped like 40 points on us like game after game yeah. um so yeah I, I just want to see like Jabari to continue to 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 grow in his confidence I like the fact that like we saw a lot of like Jalen Green on ball and some more uh, KPJ KPJ off ball because I think yeah. that KPJ off ball is, a, is really good. I want them to uh, continue to like lock in defensively. Like that's when they play their best basketball is like when, when they are actually like competing on a defensive end, getting turnovers and they can get out in transition. So like, I'm not as concerned as, as far as like the wins and the losses right now. I just want to see like growth and development. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the main thing. And something we saw in the second half yesterday, like you said, with Jalen Green kind of taking more of the ball handling duties and KPJ was coming off of screens, even though fortunately he wasn't making a lot of the shots in the second half, but he was getting really good shots. So that's what I want to see kind of from the beginning of the game. That's something I asked coach about them being interchangeable as far as who's running the point, who's not running the point. I mean, you can still tell that Salas really wants Kevin Porter Jr. to run the point, but you can also see that he realizes that sometimes Kevin Porter Jr. off ball is just a better catch and shoot option than Jalen Green. So I just want to see consistency from the start, uh, less stagnant offense and just a better communication on defense. And like you said, whether they win or lose, kind of just let the chips fall where they may, but you just said want to see improvement overall. And I want to see Ty Ty. I want to see Ty Ty. I didn't think about it, that. It's possible. Actually, in the second half, he actually jumped ahead of Dacian Nix. He, I don't think Dacian Nix played much if, if at all, especially uh, later in the game. Ty Ty was actually coming in, being the first guy off the bench in the second half. So, and he actually said that before the game that it is a competition. So whoever playing better will actually get the minutes. So we may see that kind of a continuation into this game. And um, we also saw some early Josh Christopher minutes, so we may see that if the Rockets start to struggle again early. So overall, I just want to kind of see just being more consistent because at the end of the day, that's all you can kind of hope for from a rebuild team is being consistent and not just, you know, really continue to make the same mistakes over and over again that they made last year and in the beginning of this year. You just want to see cons- consistency going into later parts of this year, and then you'll kind of start to see maybe other players from other teams Maybe want to come play with the young Rockets, but they have to show that improvement. So like you were talking about with Phoenix, how they did show improvement before Chris Paul got here, where they went undefeated in the bubble and almost made the playoffs where Devin Booker just went crazy. You want to kind of see that kind of trajectory with the Rockets where they actually maybe not winning, you know, majority of games, of course, but they are looking better as they get towards the end of the year. So we kind of see how the Bulls uh, thing play out. We also see, uh, how the James Harden situation play out because we still got a long way to go, you know, before we 
get any kind of clarity on any of this, whether it's James Harden or the draft. So we'll see how that all works out. But Vader, I appreciate you jumping on with me for another show. We'll definitely be doing another one soon. All right, man. It's always great to talk to you. Always great to do the pod and uh, go Rockets. Hopefully we at least look competitive tonight. Yeah, that's that's all we can ask for at the end of the day. So we'll see how that plays out. We appreciate everybody that jumps on every week and joins us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we also appreciate everybody that checks out our YouTube uh, videos every week, whether it's the uh, actual podcast, interviews. We just appreciate everybody that checks us out, gives us likes, comments, whatever you do to support the show. We definitely um, always like your input into the show. So make sure you're checking us out for the next episode of Rocket Fuel Podcast presented by Clutch Fans.